Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Monday, February 14th. I'm inside Chase Center before Saturday's Warriors game against LeBron James and the Lakers. The doors haven't even opened for the fans yet, and I'm meeting up with Jim Mayer. I started the doing the game clock around 1990, mm-hmm. about 30, 32 years ago, and uh, the guy that did it before me, Bill Hellbush, me and him were the only two that have ever run the clock for the Warriors ever. since they've been here. So he did about 30 years, and I've done about 30 years. That is so crazy that they've had two clock operators in the yeah. entire 60 years they've been here in yeah. San Francisco. Yep. Wow. Jim's here early, like he is every game, for his very first task on game nights, starting the game clock. All right, so it is 3.48. Game time is 5.30 today. You're here this early to start the clock. When do you have to have the official clock started? They like to have it started 99 minutes before the blow-up, so the players warming up, you know, just when they can go back to the locker room for the pregame. And uh, the league mandate says 60 minutes, but the the teams prefer you have more than that. Because that clock, the same clock that is here on the backboards and on the scoreboard stuff, it sinks throughout the building. So it's like back in the locker rooms, it's back in the training room, it's in the restrooms, believe it or not, back there. Yeah, it's in the press room, a referee's room, so everybody knows just how much time to that countdown to the tip-off. So I sit two seats to Jim's right at the scorer's table at my spot as Warriors public address announcer. And I hadn't even noticed Jim's new routine of late. Maybe superstition is more like it. Charles Riley, Usher. Evidently, after Jim programs the clock, tapping in the numbers and everything, he's had Charles do the honors of pressing start. So I just said, you want to start the clock? And Charles started the clock and we went on about a 12-game home winning streak, so we, we went with it for a while. Yes, he's been and doing it ever now since. we, it hasn't held up to it, but we're still trying. Well, you can't win them all, but I mean, it's all about the, you know, strength in numbers, as they say, right? Yeah. Charles, how long you been an usher with the Warriors? Uh, probably 19 years. Okay. You know how long this dude's been with the Warriors, right? Yeah, he's been there forever. <laughs> yeah. Technically, how long forever? Um, that would be as long as they've been here in San Francisco, so 60 years. This is the 60th. Yeah. 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 That was, I was just barely born. <laughs> Not really. You heard correctly. 
This is Jim's 32nd year as the clock operator for the Warriors. But that's only about half of the time he's been with the franchise. It's an incredible story, and I'm honored to tell it. 60 years? That's right, Matt. That's a long time, Jim. It sure is. <laughs> How did you get started with the Warriors? Because just for, so folks know, 60 years ago is when the Warriors came from Philadelphia, right? 1962. How old were you? I was 13. Okay. Uh, I was going to St. Gabriel's Grammar School out in the Sunset District, mm -hmm. and I never found out why, but they picked us to be the ball boys that, okay. uh, that first year. So I did that pretty much through maybe junior year of high school, so about four years being a ball boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the first year they were here, their equipment manager moved back to Philadelphia, <laughs> and one of the other ball boys that I know, his brother got the job as equipment manager, okay. so he kept me on, because they would change schools every every year, kept kept me on to, as one of, to help train the new ball boys every year. Mm -hmm. And I worked in the visitor's locker room for the most part. For how long? For the four years. Okay. Until the job became available on the table. Gotcha. So it was four years doing the ball boys. So you, were, you would have been like just kind of what, in high school or finishing I, high school was, when you uh, went to the table? Yeah, probably senior year in high school. Senior year of high school, you're sitting at the scorer's table for an NBA basketball team. Yeah. So when I started as PA announcer, my first job as PA announcer was with the Seattle Supersonics, and I was 23 when I got hired, and people, yeah. that blew people away. Still yeah. does when I tell the story today yeah. about that, and I thought that was young, man. Yeah, but being the ball boy was so much fun. I mean, it was an unbelievable thing when you were 13 years old, yeah. and you got to be a ball boy for, like, Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> and uh, I was Al Adels, Guy Rogers, Tom Macheri, and I was mostly the ball boy for the visiting team, mm -hmm. And so I got to, the, my favorite team before the Warriors came was the Celtics. And they were, at that time, they'd come in for four games a year. Okay, wow. And uh, so I got to see John Havlicek, Bill yeah. Russell, Casey Jones, yeah. all those guys. Get to and pick I, up their, pick yeah. up their dirty towels and laundry and stuff. Yeah, and and yeah, pick up all their dirty things. And one time, John Havlicek threw away his shoes. They were perfectly <laughs> good pair of shoes, yeah. as far as I could see. They were black Converse. Yeah. Looked like they'd never been used, size uh -huh. like 17. But I never had a thought of taking them out of the garbage and bringing oh, them home. Oh, my off. gosh. Yeah, you know. Must be worth they, a small fortune right I now. I know. At the, at the very <laughs> least. What was it like to experience them differently? Like what pro athletes are like when there are no fans, the lights aren't on, there's no cameras, no recorders. Well, but for that was the, different. For the most part, the, they were really nice, especially to us because... You know, we were doing stuff for him. Yeah. And uh, I remember Bill Russell used to, like, get physically ill before the game most of the time. Huh. And Like nerves? Yeah, like, I think so. Really? Yeah. And Maybe the greatest player yeah, of all time. Yeah. And another thing, I like, Wilt. Wilt used to drink, like, a two-liter 7-Up at halftime <laughs> until he had stomach trouble. Uh -huh. And then he would bring, drink a half a gallon of milk and go out and play oh, the second yes. half. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> some some kid's going to, some parent's going to listen to this and say, you know, Will Chamberlain used to drink milk at halftime. Kid, that's what you're going to do now. Yeah. What was your first job at the table? First job at the table, I don't know if you remember, but they used to have paddles that you would hold up for the team in personal fouls. Okay. And... Uh, that's what I did before, for, like the scoreboards had the, the scoreboards extra had categories, everything, and even there. room to put the different stats. Yep. Wow. So you held up. The, that's crazy. Held up the when did you take over? 
running the the clock like you've done now. So I guess the clock. When was like how long have you been doing this role with the? I started the game doing clock? the game clock around 1990, mm-hmm. about 30 32 years ago, and uh, the guy that did it before me, Bill Hellbush, me and him were the only two that have ever run the clock for the Warriors Ever. since they've been here. So he did about 30 years, and I've done about 30 years. That is so crazy that they've had two clock operators in the yeah. entire 60 years they've been here in yeah. San Francisco. Yep. Wow. The clock operator to me is one of the most interesting positions. The amount of information that you guys have to constantly be processing, even though, look, it's it's basically you know fancy computer, the, the yeah. clock system, but the there's zero room for like human error in operating that yeah. thing, right? And so then like the referees, to take folks kind of behind the scenes, they have the little belt packs that'll start and stop the clock. Their whistles have a mechanism that will start and stop the clock. But that's basically like a wireless microphone transmission system. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Doesn't always so you've work. got to be able to immediately figure out what the time of game is, what the shot clock is. How difficult is that? Well, th- since they've been doing the um, precision time system mm-hmm. it, where the referees can stop the clock when they blow the whistle and they can start it too, they don't do that all the time. They, our instructions have been just to work the clock like normal, like there was no precision time but you really have to pay attention because you know you like you said it doesn't always work yeah and uh like the last minute of each quarter you have to stop the clock after a made basket and things like that and and you just have to be aware of what's going on all the time i've I've noticed over the years for whatever job you do on the table whether you do the shot clock the scoreboard um or keeping stats Mm -hmm. You just look at the game so differently oh, yeah. from whatever job you're doing. Like yeah. the, doing the clock. I remember the first year I did the clock, I would never know what the score of the game was <laughs> until there was a timeout. I uh-huh. didn't, then you I could didn't look. dare to look up there. Yeah. You know? yeah, one of my least, maybe, you know, there's there aren't many things I dislike about having a job at the scores table. One of them? Is when they test the whistles, <laughs> you know, when they come out and, and it's, you know, we're minutes away from yeah. from tip off. They're standing right in front of us blowing that whistle with all they've got. And man, it is ear piercing. All the spit coming out. Yep. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Speaking of the refs, what's it like seeing a guy like James Capers is the crew chief tonight. He's been around yeah. 27 years. He's yeah. almost halfway where you are, Jim. Yeah. But he's been around for a long time. His dad was a ref, too. Yeah. Um, what's it like when these guys are coming in, and these are faces that you've seen multiple nights a year for now, you know, all these years that you've been doing this at the scores table? Over the years, you you get to know them mm-hmm. pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, some more than others. Some are more talkative than others. Some want to know, like, your situation, and they yeah. ask you about your kids and stuff. And, like, my son... 20 years ago, moved back to Philadelphia, and uh, he's married. It's my three grandkids are back there, and um, like Ed Malloy always asks about yeah. him because he's from Philadelphia. Ah, the refs. Our relationship at the scorers' table differs from your relationship with them as fans. NBA referees rarely give interviews, but when I got word back to the official's locker room and crew chief James Capers, a 27-year veteran NBA official, that I was doing this story about Jim Mayer, James was gracious and more than happy to talk about Jim's long run at the Warrior Scorers table. How important is that relationship for you guys as officials with the officials behind the table, the folks at the, the clock, the shot clock, the game clock, the scorekeeper, things like that? 
they are extremely important to uh, the officiating crew. As we normally speak of, we have three on the floor, one in replay, so a four-man crew. But actually, we have a five-person crew because the table personnel in each arena are officials as well. So they are very important to us. And when you come into a, a building like this, when you know that you're going to see a guy like Jim behind the table, a face you've seen for a number of years, that give you a little added piece of comfort knowing that, hey, if we get into a weird situation, these guys have got my back? Anyone with that many years of experience brings a certain amount of uh, security and comfort to the crew. And especially in this case, he was here when my father refereed. So even as a kid, I used to see him. So this is uh, incredible that he is still here and still doing an extremely good job behind the table. Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. And how long have you been in the league now? This is my 27th year. Okay. So you're like almost halfway to where Jim's at. <laughs> I, got a, I got a long way to go to catch up with him. James Cavis, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. As you know, most NBA games are night games starting around 7 p.m. Jim's been doing this for 60 years, 32 of which he's been courtside running the clock. That's a lot of nights when he hasn't been home with the family, but they've adjusted. You mentioned your family. What's it been like for, for them knowing that there's a lot of nights where dad's coming home real late for all these years? Well, it um, they've adapted to it. They've gone, been, fortunately, they've been able to go to quite a few games. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I worked at the post office for 38 years. I retired in 2009. Okay. So it was rough sometimes because I would get home, you know, uh, 11 o'clock. It's hard to wind down from a game it and you can go right to bed. Yeah. And I'd get up at 3.30 in the morning. I started <gasps> at 5 o'clock. You started at 5 uh, at yeah. the Pofo? How many so years? I did that for 30-something years. And oh, I think my sometimes goodness. my nap, afternoon nap was longer than my yeah. night's sleep. <laughs> but I tell you, this... I love this job. As a part-time job, when mm -hmm. you're retired, you couldn't ask for anything yeah. better than this. Absolutely. You know, this is, I love it. I find it quite interesting, Jim, that for 30 years you worked in the Postal Service. That's all about timing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't be late yeah, with Dispatches people. have to go yeah. out at a certain time. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's all about timing. And here you are. You literally run the time here at Chase Center. <laughs> yeah. And have yeah. for the Warriors. There's any connection there? Are you Are you... Are you the most punctual person that you know? I, I would say I'm pretty punctual, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be. Yeah. So how long do you want to keep doing this? Oh, as long as they'll have me, as long as I'm healthy and, mm -hmm. and can do it. You know, I'd love to keep doing it. I was always said I wanted to do it at least for the one year at Chase Center uh -huh. when they first came. Oh, it's year and three. And here we are, year three, and yeah. I'm still, still around. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing i got to say is, like, the thing that's made it so interesting is even when the Warriors were terrible, the fans were just mm -hmm. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They turn out and they're loud and they're enthusiastic. And it, that's what just made it so weird about last year with no fans. Yeah. It was, well, you know, yeah. you've worked enough yeah, so up weird. in Seattle and here. So weird. Last question for you. You know, the, the run that the Warriors went on starting about, what, 2014? Right. Right. What was it like to have that front row seat? To history, a true dynasty. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was yeah. just uh, Charles Howard, who's the shot clock operator. Sometimes we just look at each other and say, can you believe this is happening? Yeah. Because, I mean, not only were they winning, it, it was such a pleasing style to watch. Right. They, you know, it's like the most fun I remember back when the Pistons were winning and mm -hmm. they would come in here and they beat us. 
and we had the run TMC going on at the time, and we, we would say, you know, I think I'd rather watch the Warriors with this their style yeah. than watch the win a championship and play the Pistons style. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, I may be Homer to say that, but. Um, no, I know what you mean. But, but, but yeah, I mean because because the, the the Splash Brothers. I mean, Steph is a yeah. generational player. Well, Clay. some of the stuff that happened, you know, like just Steph being Steph and Clay, his thirty-seven point quarter. I think I will never see anything like that again. Really, never seen anything like yeah. that before, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just amazing, you know. And I was lucky to the whole time I was doing this. I was a ball boy in '64 when the Warriors were in the finals against the Celtics, mm -hmm. my old favorite team. In '67 when we played the 76ers, gave them a good series, and I I thought the Warriors were going to go on kind of a dynasty then. And then Rick Barry unfortunately decided he was going to go to the ABA. Mm -hmm. And then when he came back, um, that then they they eventually won. And then yeah. one of the most disappointing things I ever had was in 76 when they were going for back-to-back -back, yeah and we lost that seven game series to Phoenix because mm. I was looking so forward to playing the Celtics again in yeah. the finals and uh, that was just oh that was heartbreaking my wife and I went to two games in Phoenix and one of them they lost in a double overtime uh. and uh, Paul Westfall dribbled the length of the court and tied it in regulation and the Warriors lost three games in that series either mm. in overtime or by one point Right, the year and, after and winning the, a championship. Yeah, yeah. and the three that oh, they hard. won were blowouts. Yeah. And then game seven, just you never know how game seven's going to go. Yeah, oh, right. No yeah. kidding. No kidding. This has yeah. been uh, just a you know real pleasure for me to chat with you. I absolutely enjoy working with you, your history here with uh, the organization, and just you know the professionalism you bring to the table, and you keep me honest about announcing the two minutes every <laughs> every quarter because well, otherwise Matt, i'm not fun. gonna lie to you people i would not remember it's like say, when you're saying you can't look at the score yeah. sometimes i'm not always looking at the time yeah. well yeah you got you know? a lot of things to yeah. think about yeah. and uh you know it's a pleasure working with you too it's fun been fun since you've been here and i think we got a great crew down there i think we got an awesome crew it's everybody works together so well yeah and, it's a lot of fun you're right it's hard to call people. it work isn't it yeah it sure is. <laughs> jim thank you thank you so much matt thanks for doing this Thanks again to everyone who spoke with me, including Charles and NBA official James Capers. And of course, thanks to Jim Mayer. And here's to many more years at the scorer's table. If you're enjoying the Bay Current podcast, we have a new episode out every day, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. You can subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just about anywhere you listen. We're also on YouTube, on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 